Introducing Minor Wisdom Quintet. Well, 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 I finally did it. Uh, I threw my neck out. I was wrestling with my daughter, with Ava, which we wrestle a lot. She likes to wrestle and uh, beat me up and stuff. And uh, she's actually starting to actually punch and kick. She used to not. Anyway, and um, well, she kind of pushed my head forward and I heard two cracks and I did something to my neck. And so if I sound a little down or beat up it's because well I can't move my my head too much so I need to uh, probably go to the doctor but we'll see we'll give it we'll give it a, 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 a pops of a couple pills and you know maybe a day or two of a heating pad and see what happens but uh, my apologies for sounding a little drab maybe I just thought maybe some of you were thinking Blake this is how you always sound so uh, what's your excuse those other times anyway I've got Dr. Carrie Klipchak uh, on the podcast this week, and she was kind enough to come on a couple days ago. We recorded it, uh, been trying to get her on for a little bit now, and finally just the stars aligned as they do, and I was, uh, you know, had a good good little chat with her. I, I'm not going to lie, didn't know she was a doctor because nothing on her Facebook page, which is where I do most of my recruiting for the podcast, nothing on her Facebook page says doctor, so, uh, well... That's 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 a lie, but um, but the, the nothing says immediate. Actually, no, I'm looking at it now. Nothing says uh, doctor. So, Doctor Carrie Klipchak. She she is uh, apparently very modest when it comes to her uh, social media. So thanks for coming on, and uh, she was a, a delight to interview, and just one of those people again. You know, maybe this is just uh, me. Uh, uh, you know, figuring out who I want to interview based on just like profiling kind of, but her profile picture on Facebook is happy and she's a theater teacher and uh, she's been a high school theater teacher. And so I just thought that makes sense, right? You know, have her on. So uh, thanks again for having her on. Uh, Not a whole lot to talk about this week. I worked elf and designed and directed and did all that stuff. I talked about that. It closes as this comes out, it closes today Sunday the 19th and I appreciate those people that came out to see it I do wish we had one more week of rehearsal you know normally I'm one of those people that when the show opens I say the show opens and it is what it is but this one man I just wanted I wanted one more week of rehearsal because we started adding in little bits again I normally uh, I don't take notes when a show opens I let it be uh, let it be. Um, I don't know what accent that was. It wasn't the Beatles, but I usually let it be. And I don't tell the actors anything new because I don't want, uh, somebody in the audience on opening night to get treated differently than in the audience on closing night. But I'll tell you this, we opened with the show, not having any snow in it, except for in the projections. And, uh, the next, uh, show we had snow and, they're just a bunch of little things that we've been adding throughout, and I, I'm not a huge fan of it, but it was necessary for this production just because of our short, our abbreviated rehearsal process. So those people that came out to see it, I appreciate it. My plate, my cup is about to runneth over very soon. In February, I'll be opening at my school 
uh, One Man, Two Governors. Thank you, Stuart Savage. And immediately after that, like the next week, Oklahoma. And two weeks after that, I'm going to be uh, designing a show for the Destiny Miller uh, downtown at the Rec Room, downtown Houston. So uh, I am super hashtag blessed right now to be so busy and I enjoy it. I don't complain about being busy. Busy is good. If somebody asks me how I'm doing, I don't immediately go, ugh, I'm exhausted like some people do looking at you, Robert. Uh, but I, uh, I do, I do enjoy being busy and I don't look at that as a burden. It is a good, good time. Hope everybody's enjoying their, uh, holiday break. It's begun. It is upon us. And the next time I drop an episode, we will have, uh, Christmas will have come and gone. And for me, my family's leaving town this week. So I will be sans family this entire week, which means I hope to reach out to quite a few people and get them on the podcast and get some interviews in the can so that I'm not taking away family time because I do love me some family time. If you know, I don't know what, if you know what it means with that stuff, but anyway, uh, I, if I reach, I, I hope to reach out to as many people as possible that I think about, uh, I've already reached out to a few and they're going to be on. So Enough rambling. Uh, why not keep this short and sweet, shortish and sweetish? <laughs> yeah. This week, I've got the one and the only Dr. Carrie Klipchak. Enjoy. I am currently an associate professor of theater at Texas A&M Commerce, and I run our graduate program here. Uh, as well as our, um, I'm an associate professor of acting and directing. So I've got a really great job where I get to work with a really um, great bunch of people, uh, both undergrad and grad students. And we, uh, I developed this program that um, you may know about. It's for uh, working professionals. And we have a ton of high school theater teachers. I can talk about that later, why I developed that, who are in our program uh, who are online during the year and in person during the summer. And so I get to have a lot of different hats as, as well. So um, I got in, so it, all the hats are basically theater hats and, um, and I like all the hats. Uh, and sometimes I wear all the hats at once. Uh, but, um, you know, I got into theater. I will say it, when people ask me what my first play was, I, I think it was when I was three, I think I was Mary and Mary had a little lamb in my preschool class. Um, but uh, the really formative experiences were uh, when I was in high school, I got into uh, theater um, at my high school at Pine Tree High School. And Jeannie Gilson was my director and teacher. And uh, she cast me in um, the one act play uh, for the year. And I was just hooked. Um, I was like, oh, I've done all of these different things. You know, I was always like a joiner. You know what I mean? I'd be like, oh, I'll dance. Oh, I'll do that. Oh, I'll baton twirl. Oh, I'll do, you know, whatever, student council. But then when I, you know, the theater bug hit me, it totally hit me. And uh, from then on, there was just no stopping it. Uh, I know a lot of people in college, like, had trouble figuring out what their major was going to be never an issue. I knew going in, I knew coming out. Uh, so, um, 
you know, they, they asked me why I wanted to do theater so much. And I just love it so much. Right. And, and the other answer is it was the thing I was really good at. And you like doing things that you're really good at. Right. So, um, but it's the, just the true love of it. So um, after high school, uh, I went to a conservatory acting school in New York. And then after that, I spent two years in New York. Uh, and then I came back and I went to uh, now Texas State University uh, for my undergrad. And then I also got a master's there. Uh, while the way I put myself through my master's is I taught high school theater. So I was in fact uh, directing and teaching high school theater and um, participating in the one act play and things such as that. Uh, and then uh, coming back, driving back and commuting back and going to night classes for for uh, my master's degree. And so uh, that was also at, at uh, it was Southwest Texas, but Texas State now. And, um, and it was a wonderful experience. I would not trade the education that I got for the world. I had just such phenomenal teachers. You know, went to school with such phenomenal people. It was hard because I was commuting from San Marcos to Luling to teach high school, commuting back because I lived in San Marcos, commuting back from Luling to San Marcos to go to school. Then sometimes I had to commute back to Luling, and this was a 30-minute commute, back to Luling to have rehearsals, right, and then drive back. And so, you know, that's part of what, that's the biggest thing that inspired this program, that this graduate program that I developed here at Texas A&M Commerce, is I was like, with the advent of online um, courses and virtual courses and things such as that, there's got to be a better way. Like people don't have to go through what I went through, that they can still get that education. So that means a lot to me that I've been able to do that and help people in that regard. After my master's, I went to uh, Bowling Green State University, got my PhD in theater, uh, came back. I was the department chair at uh, Lon Morris College. And then um, I moved here to Texas A&M Commerce. So that is in the nutshell. Uh, I also work professionally in Austin uh, with Capital T Theater. We're not working right now because of the COVID, but yes. Wow. Bowling Green. You're the first Bowling Green person on here. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a really phenomenal, yeah. phenomenal program, right? Yeah. I've, I've heard actually a lot of positive things about Bowling Green, but I, I've never had anybody on that uh, went to Bowling Green. I spent some time in in Ohio myself. So I, oh, yeah. I, I know the, uh, you know, in Ohio, I, I, I guess Bowling Green is kind of like the Texas state of Ohio. It's not the, it's not UT, you know, it's not uh, Ohio state, you know what I mean? But it's, it's the, it's, it's just as equitable and just as quality and just as good, yeah. but, but it's not yeah. the big school quote unquote, you know yeah. what I mean? I, you know, for me, I chose to go there when I was get, seeking my PhD yeah. uh, for a number of reasons, but they have, um, they, they had a program, a PhD program with an emphasis in history theory and performance, uh, uh, performance history and performance theory, as well as theater pedagogy. Wow. And that was super important to me, right? Yeah. Like I knew that my goal was to be able to teach and to be a better teacher and to be a better practitioner. And yeah. they offered that. So what were you doing in Ohio during that time? Were you also, I mean, were you just a hundred percent a student? 
Hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, I was all set. It takes a hundred percent, right, yeah. to, to 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 do that uh, PhD thing for sure. Except for I will say that I was on a graduate assistantship, so I was okay. teaching undergraduates um, there as part of like my gig. Right. And uh, I also was meeting my husband. I met him there. Okay. <laughs> so there's that. Oh, <laughs> good for you. So was was your intention to eventually teach uh, mm-hmm. college level theater or yeah. okay yeah. okay. That was my dream. I really, I thought my dream was to teach high school theater and I loved it when Mm -hmm. I did it. I loved it. It was the hardest job I ever had. Right. No doubt. Um, But I got so close to my students and, and you really have such an opportunity to, to really positively influence, you know, young developing um, uh, minds and hearts. And so I loved it. Uh, I thought that I wanted to be a high school theater teacher forever. I will say as I was in university, I was somewhere around my undergraduate. I looked at my college teachers' lives and I was like, (laughs) hey, I kind of want that. (laughs) Uh, You know, that's kind of not such a bad thing. You know, you have more freedom essentially about what it is that you can do. Um, And a lot of the time and and your schedule is, is more flexible. It's not less hours, but it's different hours. Yeah. Right. And that, uh, that, that worked pretty well for me. So yes, the, the going to get the PhD, I always knew I wanted to, um, wanted to teach at the university level. Yeah. And you're also encouraged and even more so recommended to stay professional, uh, you know, to stay, yeah, yeah. A- to stay oh, yeah. active in the, in whatever yeah. field it is you're, yeah. you're, you're studying. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So it, so it allows, um, and it, I mean, you really are required yeah. to, to continue contributing to the professional world and, and be that educational professional world and, or, or, and, or, you know, professional productions and, or publishing things such as right. that you, you have to do that. And, um, that's okay. Cause I right. like doing those things. Yeah. So, okay. Well, cool. Uh, so there's something I've never asked anybody on here. Your interview i'm not going to count myself your your interview like 145 or something like that so i've i've been doing this for a while now and i've had a lot of texas state slash southwest texas people because my sister was a southwest texas she's one of those that got offered to have her diploma change you know like all that kind of stuff Um, so uh uh what is it what was what is it that that was missing with Southwest Texas slash Texas State in the '90s and early 2000s that they now have? I mean, now they're they're one of the most uh, uh, recommended. You know, if you're if you're a student in Texas and you're staying in Texas, you know you want to stay and you want to do theater. A lot of kids are turned off by UT, uh, rightfully or wrongly. You know, just because it's a bigger program and they feel like they're not going to get as much exposure and all that kind of stuff. What what was missing? at Southwest or Texas state back in the late nineties and, and early two thousands yeah. that, that they now found that they have now that, that makes them more of a state powerhouse. Yeah. I don't, are you talking about the theater department? Yeah. Or yeah. The yeah. School yeah the whole? theater department. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think, I don't think there was anything missing okay. actually. I mean, we just like, I got to study with some really phenomenal, phenomenal teachers and, uh, and it was, not uh for me it was the right size it was it was still a pretty large yeah. program and uh now it is it, it is huge and yeah. booming as, as you said 
Um, I think that they have uh, gone in um, more, I, I think that they just have more uh, professional kind of uh, uh, tracks of, of, sure. of studying. Uh, I think at this point, like they can offer more different things, right? Because, uh, you know, um, I, like I said, when I was there, certainly it was, it was still very large. Right. It was still very large. Uh, you know, my, my program I here, I would consider a mid-sized regional institution yeah. program. That one was still way bigger. So it was pretty big. Okay. Um, and so, but I think that they're doing a lot more, you know, don't quote me on this because that's not my, that's <laughs> yeah. not my area. Yeah. But my that's understanding is that they really built on their uh, professional outreach yeah. kind of thing right. for one thing. Right? right. And it's just, it's very quality. It was very quality when we were there. Yeah. You, if, if you, you mentioned a few people that you've talked to, and I know a few people that you've talked to and I'm like, oh yeah, they were Southwest Texas yeah. people. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, I just remember when I was looking for colleges and I did a horrible job, I don't want anybody to ever follow my example, but when I was looking for colleges, Southwest was not even on my radar and I was going huh. to school for theater. So, uh, -huh. uh, I just, you know, I think it has to do with, uh, in my opinion, again, this is just you and I bantering about why, but it's, there's no science behind it, but, um, I think it's just too close to UT. I think it, uh, geographically yeah. speaking, you know, maybe it's just that it's people saw UT and and Southwest was in the shadows or something. Mm. That could, could be totally it wrong. It could but, be. You know, yeah. I, I actually, it's funny. I had a scholarship to go to UT and I turned it uh -huh. down to go to Southwest. Texas. So uh -huh. it was, uh, you know, there was, there were, um, there were some powerhouse things that were, that were going on, but, yeah. but also it was large, but it was small enough for you to still get experience right. you know you so. could have you could have met matthew mcconaughey i mean i could yeah. have there was and now mind you it was a hard decision uh uh because ut is like such an awesome program yeah. you know what i mean like so awesome and it's ut and i love that but i wouldn't trade my time yeah. in southwest texas for anything i got such really solid directing um training there and, yeah. and really solid training yeah there. i've heard uh, i mean i've heard nothing but good things and now that i'm a teacher and i have tons of students that have gone through that program. I, you know, I've never heard anything negative yeah. about it. So anyway, enough, enough about, was yeah. it the Bob, Bobcats? Is that right? Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah. Okay. Was, yeah. Enough about them. Um, yeah. so what, uh, if I can get a little personal with you, what made you leave New York? Why did you, uh, mm. why'd you leave after two years? Well, you know, I, I went to go to, uh, like I said, I attended a conservatory acting yeah. school and, and I loved it. I loved every minute of it. Now I was 18 when I left. So I, I am pretty sure now in my grown self, like I can look back and I'm, my parents were nothing but supportive. I was so, so lucky. Like they were hundred percent. If this is your dream, you do it. Um, I am sure they stayed up many nights worrying about me because I can't, I mean, I graduated from a very small school and just decided I'm not going to college right now. I'm going to New York. And um, so I was there and I loved it. I loved every minute of it. I was from 18 to 20, right? And I yeah. couldn't give you an example of a better learning experience as far as uh, being an actor is like living in New York and where you are sitting in a diner and the people behind you are producers and they're yeah. casting whatever, right? Uh, that's just normal. I, by the end... I really had to think about what at the end of the two years, at the end of my conservatory training, I really had to think about what it is that I really wanted to do. And I really knew that I wanted to be a 
that I wanted to teach. Yeah. And not just youth theater, but I really wanted to teach and really wanted to influence people's lives in that way. And that was very important to me. And I knew to do that. I had to get a degree. And so um, and so I just um, made the decision to come back to Texas and uh, start to pursue my degree as well. Right. So it wasn't that I hated New York. Um, I will say I loved every minute of it. I didn't really see myself living there long term. Yeah. I live in a small town now, like by choice. Yeah. Right. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of a small town girl. Uh, yeah. and, um, you know, so I didn't see myself living there forever. Uh, but man, I loved it while I was there. You can imagine 18 to 20 year old, you know, it, it took every fiber of my being not to say living in a lonely world, but, uh, cause you said you're just a small town girl. So, uh, what is, what is, sorry, what is, I told you my brain would go, uh, That's what, good. what is your kind of your, uh, you know, crowning moment in New York? Did you have, did you land a role? Did you do, uh, shows there where you, you know, I able to do primarily anything? was doing, um, shows with my conservatory. Okay. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I look back, I did like, I think my, if I looked back at what my strongest work was, I'd probably say I played a, a role in a show called um, A Different Moon, which okay. was uh, just a really challenging and lovely role. And um, and it was just offered the opportunity for real honesty on stage. And and I I was very proud of that. Uh, I will also say I got very good at stage combat. Huh. Uh, and um, and by the end, my stage combat teachers were like, oh, you really need to get certified in stage combat. And I thought about it, but I was like, you know, I'm not sure that that's the direction I want to go in. In hindsight, right. that was stupid. <laughs> but, but, you know, I yeah. was 20, right? So, Are you still decent at that? At stage combat? Uh, I, I would say decent enough to do the basics, right. you know what I mean? Like right. in a safe way and right. to teach my actors how to do the basics. I do not in any way claim to be a stage combat yeah. uh, expert. We actually have someone who teaches stage combat in our program at our school. It's not me. She's very good at it, you know, but yeah. I certainly I know how to do, um, you know, basic hand to hand sure. things. It's choreography. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is. It's Absolutely. That. Yeah, 100%. So, uh, changing subjects a little bit, still sticking with kind of the university thing. So, you said yeah. you work with grad and undergrads. Yeah. Uh, at the same, like within one semester, you're working with both grads and undergrads. Just to yeah. clarify. Okay. So, yeah. So, when I teach, um, yes is the short answer. Okay. Uh, the longer, <laughs> yes, I work with undergraduate students. I teach acting and directing okay. um, classes primarily to undergraduate students, primarily acting more and more these days because I'm a certified Meisner acting teacher. Okay. So that program has really become um, uh, important to a lot of our students. So it's offered every, like a class in that, that sequence is offered every semester. And then when I teach graduate students, sometimes I teach uh, acting and directing, but sometimes I teach performance theory okay. classes to them. But my role as uh, with the graduate program is largely administrative and not like I developed this program yeah. that I was talking to you about for high school teachers and working professionals in which they do these um, all day intensives during the summer and and those are practically artistic based classes uh, generally. So those meet on like Mondays and Tuesdays all day long. And then they go back to their families 
uh, each week. And then they commute here again for Mondays and Tuesdays. And that way they get, um, they do that throughout the summer. And then during the fall and spring, they're online. And then during the next summer, they do the same thing. So it's possible in this way for them to get their degree in 14 months or in as little as 14 months, wow. really. It's not easy, yeah. uh, which yeah. many of them will tell you, uh, uh, but it's doable, yeah. right? And um, so I do the administration of that program uh, throughout the year, okay. right? So that's part of my job is like, that's my administratory part is that I run <laughs> that program, but I also teach in it. Um, yeah. I just, most of the uh, people, I don't teach the online classes during the year and during the summer, I'm so busy running it that most of the grad students who are not in residence, actually, I don't end up actually teaching. I just advise them. Okay. I just work with them throughout like things such as that. So yeah. So, so I, I get to work with like 18 to, gosh, we've had people who are 75 in, oh, our, sure. in our grad program before. Yeah. yeah. So it's great. The, so you guys have been doing virtual before virtual was cool? We or, were. Okay. Yeah. So well, how did that, I mean, has anything changed? You know, I guess, was your transition difficult when things kind of, you know, the, when the sky started mm. falling two years ago or were you guys like, we know how to do this. We've been doing it for yeah. a while. Well, we have been doing blend, what, what's called blended at our institution, really, in which people are in person, face-to-face in the classroom, and then people are Zooming in at the same time, right? And so that is how people can attend if they don't live, like, in residence. So we've been doing that for six years in this program that I'm running. Uh, not all of our teachers have uh, we're doing that, me being one of them, them actually practically doing it. So I work with people who were doing it, but I had yeah. nothing. So <laughs> when we when we flipped suddenly, um, it was it was tough, right? Yeah. I mean, it was tough. And I think I'm not the only educator that would say that when the pandemic hit, it, I mean, we were on spring break and it was like chaos. We were getting emails from university system we were getting emails from the university like oh we're gonna do this oh we're starting this point back in person oh no we're not and nobody knew right and so thankfully the what i was teaching at the time um was easy to flip to zoom uh i will say so we've been virtual this is our first semester back in our department face-to-face this fall that we've done so we were all last year, uh, zooming classes, and there were some that were harder. Yeah. Right. The uh, the performance based classes were harder. You know, I teach a stage dialects class, which I was able to do via Zoom, but it was not. It's just not the same. Right. right? So, so were we prepared for it? Technically, in my department, more than other departments, uh, yes, because yeah. we've been doing it. Was it easy? No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. I don't think anybody would say it was easy. Yeah. You know, um, but we do also have a very, very, like a really, really prevalent online presence in right. our department as well as our university. And so our university is really set up for all sorts of online possibilities. And we were in because of that, but, but we were in just a much better situation that I think a whole bunch of people had to face where they had to scramble to figure out how are we going to accommodate right. students? Does that right. make sense? Did you guys end up advising 
uh, other professors or other departments in your at your college or did you stay away from <laughs> no, that? I wish I could say I was that magnanimous. <laughs> it was really like, oh my gosh, I yeah. must find a way to teach these students yeah. responsibly, right? And they, you know, they also were like, oh my gosh, I yeah. now have to figure out how to be on Zoom, you yeah. know? So, uh, so no, I will say that a whole bunch of people, um, uh, when we, a whole bunch of uh, professors, when we did flip um, to Zoom, I do believe a whole bunch of professors did find out that we had been doing blended for a yeah. while and did not me necessarily, because again, I was not the one teaching blended, but I do think that the professor in our department who had that history, I do think that she helped. Right. You know, right. like this is how you negotiate it. Thankfully, because of because of being um, the president of Tatao, I had run uh, Zoom meetings yeah. before for several years. Uh, and so at least I had that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like at least I knew how to hook onto Zoom. Yeah. Most of us were signing up with new accounts, you know, never having know. done it before. So <laughs> I know. I totally I know. understand. It, it, yeah. I tell you what, it was, uh, boy, that was, that beginning was tough. And not, not that it's not, I will say this entire, and I'm very open about this to everyone, even my students at the beginning, I'm like, look, here's the backup plan. Yeah. If all of a sudden we have to flip virtual, like, I mean, yeah, I've had a backup plan this whole time. <laughs> like I just finished directing a show and I was like, okay, backup plan. <laughs> you know I mean? Like yeah. I, even when I negotiated the rights, I'm like, can I flip it to live stream if I have to, right? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. You've got to. So I'm going to yeah. flip, flip the subject a little bit. Uh, yeah. Do you, do you miss, or is there an element of uh, high school that you miss teaching high school? Not you in mm -hmm. high school, but you teaching high school that you, uh, yeah. that you miss? Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I will say, I think, I think, Think, and I've talked to some of the high school teachers that are in our master's program about this as well. I think that you do have a tendency because you're with those students yeah. so much, right? So much. You do tend to uh, create even just a closer bond, I think, kind of thing. Now, not that I haven't been super close to some of my students here. I have. And, uh, but I just think it's a different kind of uh, yeah. uh, kind of relationship, you know. Um, yeah, so I miss that part. Yeah. I miss that part. Uh, I don't miss the the discipline part right. I, where you have to deal with. I don't miss that. Yeah, right. yeah, and and also um, those those high school kids are in a different part of their life compared to a twenty two year old, you know, or or, or somebody older than that even that's got family with you know absolutely. and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I get yeah. that. I get that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that we as theater professors, though, still do, because, uh, you know, my husband teaches also here at the university, and okay. and he teaches, he's not a theater person, and um, and he's noticed this as well, because we still, because we're directing them, and we're teaching them in classes, and, you know, they basically live in our, in our performing arts center yeah. kind of thing, uh, you know, we do tend to, to, I think we do end up getting closer to our students uh, than a lot of a lot of other professors have the opportunity to right. do, uh, whether we like it or not. Right. So, yeah. uh, which most of the time, well, but I do think, I do think I missed that about high school, uh, theater teaching, like that you do get so close. Yeah. To them. I mean, I'm still in touch with many of the former, the, yeah. 
former students from when I taught high school, you know, so. All right. So I'm going to flip it again. And you kind of segued into this, which was perfect. You didn't know that I was going to do this, but you said that you met your husband when you were getting your PhD in Ohio. Uh, uh, do, do you have a story? <laughs> like how did, how did you, how did you meet, you know, cause right. I doubt you went to Ohio thinking I'm going to go get a PhD and a man. <laughs> oh, no. no, actually, no. When I met him, actually, both of us were actually in, in other relationships and we were, we just got to be friends. Yeah. Um, we were, uh, we were, he has his PhD in American culture studies from Bowling Green. And so there were a lot, my PhD, um, had a lot, a a very strong emphasis on culture studies. And so we took some of the same classes that were cross-listed together. My very first semester there, I was, um, we were in the same class and it was a censorship class and uh we were studying censorship and um and we just got to be friends yeah uh and we were friends for years actually and then um then we ended up dating yeah so my wife and i it was one of those things yeah yeah i was was was, yeah go ahead sorry go no no like i said he was when we started dating both of us were still finishing our dissertations, but I got a job here in Texas while I was still finishing my dissertation. And, um, he actually, because I was moving to Texas also like applied and got a job in Texas as well while he finishes his dissertation. So it worked out. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It's just kind of funny. Same with, I was saying my wife and I, same thing. We, we were friends for, I think four or five years before we ever started dating. So yeah, yeah, I totally get that. I think that was probably yeah. for the best. <laughs> yeah. Well, when, when actually, when we started dating and I was, uh, you know, deep, deep into directing whatever shows yeah. and everything else, like, you know, I, I generally will, would apologize to him. Like, I'm sorry, I'm not around. Yeah. However, you knew what you were getting into yeah. when you signed up. Right. I mean, cause there was plenty of opportunity for you to witness yeah. that. So. so, so would he make a good dramaturg? Like, would he do pretty, you know, mm. be pretty successful well, with that? I am, you know, I actually do professional dramaturgy for capital yeah. T um, theater. Right. And so actually funny that you mentioned that. One time we did do a show and that like he, his expertise intersected with it. And, and I was like, why don't you be my co-dramaturg on this? <laughs> and, and so he actually did that. Yeah. He actually is not a theater person, but he is a, a music, music head and uh, he's a metal head essentially and yeah. studies uh, music as popular culture. And, uh, and he's a fantastic sound designer. Yeah. So um so every once in a while, I will beg him to do the sound design for my show. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, it's, and he's wonderful at that. So he, I guess I was, he is not a theater person, but I have, I have um, lured him over to the dark side yeah. in some ways. Right? Yeah. So he, he's slowly starting to understand it. And, and, and yeah, he, it. yeah, he gets it. He yeah. gets it. And he, and he sits, you know, he sits around and listens to me talk up talk with my theater friends or him he's you know they're yeah. his friends as well yeah. but he's heard so many I mean he's gone to so many conferences with me like yeah. or people over at our house like sitting in the backyard like talking theater stuff 
at this point, he could probably have a degree in theater <laughs> if he needed to. Yeah, right? yeah, and f- fake it till he makes it kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, it's pro- sure, It yeah. sounds like sounds like my sister, who's not in theater at all, uh, will roll her eyes when I'm talking about theater. But really, I know inside she she wants to like sit and get more information, you know, because yeah, there's it's like a little bit of interest, but you know, she doesn't want to let me on that she is interested, but. It's, yeah. you know, it's that kind of thing, but yeah, good yeah. for him. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll, if I ever need a sound designer, <laughs> I'll call him up. Uh, he's, he's, he really is fantastic. And he's really easy to work with because yeah. he knows me, right? Like he knows yeah. I'm going to be like, no, that's not going to work. And yeah. he like, doesn't get offended. You know, I'm like, no, keep looking, you know, set that kind of thing. So speak on, uh, you mentioned the, the theater that you kind of do some work, uh, with, uh, talk about that that theater because it's a community theater but it's professional oh. or um talk a little no, it's bit not about a community theater it's, it's a professional it's theater in professional. austin okay okay um it's uh called capital t theater and uh, mark mckell is the artistic director and he has been a friend of mine for like 20 years yeah. really and uh so uh i have like i said we're not really working right now because yeah. of the covidness but um you know, it, uh, it, when he asked me the first time, like, will you be a dramaturg for this? That's how it started. And I was like, sure. And then it just kind of grew to where I was being a literary manager more full time. And I would come and, you know, I've gone and directed a couple of times there and I actually performed a couple of times in, in the shows. And, and I will say, it's just, um, it's, it would be so much easier. I know if I would work professionally, closer by i mean i don't live that far from dallas um and there's wonderful work going on there but i will say that that the um you know it's really important that you work with people who um have the same mind as as far as what it is you want to produce right the kind of thing that you want to produce and we just do and um and so that is that has been a really wonderful uh wonderful uh, outlet and experience for me. And I actually went, uh, I took, I was granted a sabbatical, which is called faculty development leave here, like about like eight years ago. And then we were able to move there for six months for me to work with Capital T theater yeah. for like six months, um, and to direct a show and to, to be a dramaturg and be a production manager and things. And, and that was fab- fabulous. Right. I mean, like I said, I went to school forever in, in, uh, San Marcos. So, moving back to Austin was kind of like coming home yeah. to me, you know? So. Yeah, that's cool. So as a, as an artist, do you find that you, uh, your artistic kind of release, your outlet is more, uh, fed by directing or dramaturg being a dramaturg or acting or where, mm. or is it all of the above? Well, I think, I think first primarily at this point, I consider myself a director primarily, yeah. Um, as well as an acting coach, like I, I really do pretty hardcore acting coaching. Um, I enjoy being a dramaturg and I, um, uh, and I really enjoy acting. I will say that my, uh, that's how I started. Right. And, and I have been able to do that with capital T, you know, in my, in my, um, time with them over the past like 15 years or something is what I'm talking about. But primarily I'm directing, right? Yeah. Like because I'm teaching students and that's part of my job. Right. So I think primarily at this point I consider myself an acting teacher and a director. Right. Really, so okay. Good for you. Is yeah. do, have you found yourself becoming more picky 
you know, as a, as an artist and being like, well, I don't want to work on that. Uh, you know, I'll let somebody else work on that project or that kind of thing. And something comes along and you're like, Ooh, ooh Mark or, or whoever I want to, let me, let me do that one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the answer. Yeah. Short yeah. answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think that there's a time when I mean, I think just like any theater person, I think when you are starting out, yeah. And whatever that means take for everything. Yeah. Whoever, right? Yeah. Then you pretty much got to take what's offered to right. you, right? To be able to get the the experience and get your foot in the door and things such as that. And then I think there's a certain point in your career where you you have earned the right to be able to say this is what I would like to work on yeah. right uh that kind of thing like I'm not real interested in that project <laughs> now sometimes I do things that are not like my like I direct shows that are not my favorite shows in the world necessarily however they're quality shows and I choose them for the educational value that my students need right. right that that like i'm looking like they need this right now in their training so i'm going to direct this yeah. to help them do that right and so that in itself is a reward to me but yeah. like you know as far as artistic projects go then um you know yeah i like yeah i'm picky yeah you're allowed to be yeah. you know yeah like yeah. you said you get to a point where you you've earned it yeah 100 yeah. percent. so i totally agree with that uh, yeah, I think I think hopefully I think that that's hopefully where we get to, right? Yeah, I mean, right. like when we're doing all the stuff that we would rather not necessarily be doing yeah, to get our foot yeah. in the door, that's what it's supposed to lead to. Yeah, right. right. Yes. Uh, so I'm going to flip this again, and I'm going to ask a question I've asked a lot of of the college university type, um, the the handful that I've had on here. I always ask them, what is it that a high school theater educator or director uh, could focus more on that you see that is missing from a freshman or sophomore college student the first time you interact with a college student uh, a, a undergrad not necessarily grad student uh the first time you interact with them you say man i wish you had gotten this or you gotten that and i've had a, a full gambit of of uh responses uh, i think the first one ever was jim johnson saying uh learn how to make a schedule um, you know, te learning how to kind of keep yourself scheduled and, and all that kind of stuff. And I've had a variety of what, you know, uh, stop telling kids yes to everything. I've had that answer before, uh, because they get to college and they expect to, to get everything. Um, so what is it? Some, what is something that you've seen at commerce that, that is, it would be helpful if, <laughs> you know, and I don't want to incriminate high school theater teachers, but it would be helpful if we kind of uh, focused a little bit more on X, Y, and Z. Hmm. Well, it's certainly, of course, my, my caveat here is like, it, like we get the gamut yeah. of, of, of different training and not training and, and all sorts of stuff, right. Yeah. At the college level. So there are some students who come, uh, in prepared in some ways and, and some students come in prepared in others. I would say artistically, it would like the concept of really talking and really listening to someone on stage like for the very first time, like that, that that's sure. never happened. And I think that that, I mean, I know that my high school theater teacher friends work with students on that, 
but but once they get to the college level i would i would love for them to understand that that listening is not just making it look like you're listening right like actually really responding in the moment to what it is that person is actually giving you and so and that's a more advanced kind of thing it really is it sounds so easy right it sounds yeah. so easy it's and it's not um especially when you're also working with technique um as far as like how you project to the back of the house and still do that how you have your blocking and you know you're blocking and still do that um uh, so I think that that would be my number one artistic thing. I think that I'd like for them to write their blocking down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I've noticed that. Yeah. Uh, that's like non-negotiable to me. Like, and then they say like, oh, I'll remember it, Dr. Carey. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Right. No, no. Right. I also, you know, I also, I'm a stickler for time. Uh, because I believe that it's really reflective of a disciplined artist. Like on time means that you're getting to rehearsal 15 minutes before and you're right. warming yourself up, you know? So, and then I come in and you're warmed up and you're ready for me, that kind of thing. Um, but I would say artistically, really, like if I can, if I audition somebody who actually can really talk and really listen to somebody else, I can teach them the rest. Yeah. I mean, I can teach them that too, but I can teach <laughs> them how to project. I can teach them how to use their body, right? But that is that is the real thing. And that should be in any kind of play, right? A musical, Shakespeare, realism, any, any, right? If you can really talk and really listen, you can make it pretty fun. Minor wisdom.